What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 73 of Beef's Beef. Uh, I had a pretty good weekend so far. So a lot of basketball, which is never something that me and BJ are upset with. Heck no. No, it's always, always a good time when basketball is involved. For sure. I, I actually got to go to two different games yesterday. Went to Louisville-Clemson, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. I was going to say, one was a nail-biter and one was a blowout. And here's the thing. One shouldn't have been a nail-biter. No, definitely not. And one you thought was going to end up being a nail-biter, and then they just kicked them in the teeth. Yep. That's uh, how the game goes. Yeah, so I went to Louisville-Clemson in the morning. Then uh, myself, BJ, uh, my brother Ryan, buddy Matt Mullins, and also my buddy John Iacono uh, rode down to Richmond and went to see uh, John Morant and Murray State against uh, EKU. Yep. Great time. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about our locks of the week, which uh, both of us are back on the struggle bus again. Might have to change the name of that. We <laughs> talked about it early on. It's getting the, ugly. The semi-lock of the week. The, the suggestion yeah, of the maybe week. Maybe what we're telling them is pick the opposite of what we pick, and that will be the So it could still week. stay the lock of the week. It would just be this lock it the other way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it was exactly like we said on the ride down there. Man, this is one of those things that – there's no rhyme or reasoning behind some of the stuff. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you hit your hot streak. Sometimes you hit a cold streak. Got to just keep plugging along. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll go over the All-Star Weekend festivities Festivities so far. Uh, we still got the All-Star game tonight. Uh, my team is still going to beat yours. Uh, In your dreams. I, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. Uh, we, got some, we got some polls put up for our dunk bracket. Uh, we went ahead and put them up early so that we could go ahead and finish the bracket off on Wednesday. And don't we're, sleep on that because we got to make sure you got one day to vote on the first one. Yeah, we're to our final four, so it's getting down to the nitty gritty time. Uh, I'm really hoping that we don't have an all North Carolina final because I'm not trying to hear that from BJ. DJ's going to be mad at us that he's not going to have enough time to do his research on this one. I think yeah. he's going to have to do some studying. Yeah, I mean, it, it have to do that and. Tell everyone how they need to do their homework before they vote on. It's what it's whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. He might get a little upset that he doesn't have enough time. Which, by the way, we started this podcast off completely wrong. Listen, happy belated Valentine's Day to all the beautiful young single ladies out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I would have appreciated you at least saying a little bit of something to them before we started this. I mean, I love that you threw me out there. That was good, wasn't when, it? It was. It was. But you yourself are also a single man. No, it depends on who's asking. Any anyone. That it's asking <laughs> i will go ahead and tell you twitter verse Insta- instagram verse myspace facebook myspace photo bucket linkedin bumble pof yeah any of those Tinder. any of those <laughs> my guy bj here is single I would, I would. It is. It is true. I mean, if he's not, if it's not true, then we can go ahead and let him announce to everyone who's making him not single. Yeah. And it's, it's, Kanique was going to be mad. At me. He's, he's not. He's not. He's drunk. making names up. Yeah. So we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about what who made our final four of our dunk bracket, and then BJ is coming back with another beef. Good one, in my opinion. It's it's pretty funny. It is, it is, it is pretty funny. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Yeah, uh, I might also throw my, another beef in there as well. 
but we'll 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 see we'll see how we'll see how how the other one goes. But first, we'll we'll talk about the Louisville Clemson game. Uh, it looked to be a little bit of a hangover, but if you you know you listen to Chris Mack, Chris Mack says no, there was no hangover. That's just the way Clemson plays, and that's what they want you to do. Yeah. High scoring game, my goodness! Just yeah. back and forth on the offensive. Absolutely, absolutely, it was beautiful to watch. If you were a, uh, if you're an offensive person, as far as wanting to see basketball scoring, wrong this, game. This was the one you wanted to not watch. Yeah. Uh, Louisville wins the game, fifty-six to fifty-five. Uh, squeaks one out and when I say squeaks one out like I legitimately mean that if you didn't watch the game yesterday Louisville ended the game with three turnovers in the last 17 seconds of the game and one of them was I I literally it happened in front of me and I still can't believe it let me ask you this too you just set the stage for everybody the last play was Nora inbounding the ball right He, he throws it to Sutton we talked about there was probably a foul involved there. I think um, I think so. But anyways, Reed steals the ball, goes up, Nora makes a big block. My question to you is exactly what I thought when I first saw it. If you're Chris Mack, is Nora the person that you have inbounding the ball there? No. Okay. Who who do you have inbounding the ball and give me a little bit of why? Well, too. first of all, here's here's I'm actually gonna differ on how the whole possession went. Okay. I don't call the timeout yet. Okay. I realize that with that, you can still run the baseline, but here's my thing. I don't call the timeout in case you can't get the ball in like that to where it forces you to throw the ball like that because you can't call a timeout. That's my first difference that I would have done. I would have saved that timeout. That makes sense. I didn't think about it like that, to be honest. Two, I would have had one of our big men throw the ball in. Okay. One, you can see over the defender better. Two, it gives you another guard to get the ball into, which is there for another good, another good uh, free throw shooter on the floor. Right. And the other thing that I don't really understand, I, where a lot of teams turn the ball over when you get the ball in, we can barely get the ball in on the inbounds against presses. Right. That's where our biggest thing is, is getting the ball in, and then once you get it in, it seems like every time they do that, they pull the ball to them and then get tied up. Or they fall down. You'll laugh at this, but we watched Murray State yesterday, and legitimately, I don't know if you saw this or not, three or four inbounding plays they had for full court, and EKU's press was not very good. They had the one where the guy stepped out of bounds. He threw the ball to him out of bounds, had yeah. one wide open. They had the one where they brought the guy on Ja Morant's um, side up the court, like cut hard, Ja Morant, they throw it to him over the top. You've got a two-on-one mismatch on the opposite end. Yeah. All I kept thinking that whole time last night when we were watching is, what is UofL doing to get open? They're all one-on-one matchups trying to cut. There's no screening. There's no screens There's at no all. strategy involved with it, which I think Mac is a great coach, but somebody on his bench has to, or he has to, do something to change that. Absolutely, and I've noticed that as well. It seems like there's no – there's it, one person, like, fakes coming towards the ball then runs long, but we never look for him. Yeah. That's another thing is every team is putting everybody up front. Who was that? Enoch was open over Enoch the top did on it. one of those? Enoch did it, but Enoch had his back to the ball. He never even looked. <laughs> just clearing space. Yeah, he was like, well, I'll just – that's something that you see a lot in young basketball. And, I mean, he's, what, 21, 22 probably. Yeah. still young. But he just doesn't even look for the ball. He's just running the play to run the play. I don't think the guy whoever was throwing it in was throwing to him anyways. I'm with you. you got to see the ball. But, yeah, he wasn't. 
Well, and, and that answers my question for you because it's like I said, I thought Nora is a good free throw shooter and Nora is a guy who, you know, potentially is a bigger target to get open. Yeah. Sometimes the matchup who he has on him too, I don't know. It just intrigued me. Yes, I mean, struggled early, like I said, carried a lot by Cunningham. Uh, losing most of the game, but the thing was, is we were we were stopping them too. Yeah. Whereas we weren't scoring, we forced nineteen turnovers on Clemson. Twenty three nineteen at half. Think about it. How many games are you seeing twenty three nineteen at? Hey, half I'll time? tell you this: we still outscored NC State a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still outscored them. So. Yep. I'm not. I'm not real upset about that part. But, I mean, the biggest thing is. We got absolutely mauled by Elijah Thomas inside. I realize he only had 15 points and seven rebounds, but when you look at the final score of 56 to 55, he had 15 of their other 55 points. Yeah, and he's a good. I, I was telling you before the game. I think him and Reed are two guys that I really like on that team. I think Thomas could be a guy who could play at the next level because he defends pick and rolls fairly decently. Um, he can switch up top if he needs to. His offensive game is all turning over his right shoulder and finishing over his left shoulder like he always goes back to his left hand. Absolutely. But he shoots free throws right-handed. That's what tripped me out. I was like, okay, this is interesting. But I, I think he is a good player. I mean, it's like you said, you didn't have anybody who was going to stop him. I mean, you had Norris struggling. Had ended up with 11 points, but he shot 4-13 from the field, 0-5 from three. And he had six turnovers. Yeah. Anytime That's something that we've harped on before. Anytime a wing has six turnovers – I mean, to me, you did not have a good game. Uh, there's not, there's no reason that a guy that doesn't have the ball predominantly in his hand should turn the ball over six times. But that's Nora's mo. Like he shows up for some games and then just doesn't even show up for other games. Absolutely, now, he's there, but it doesn't look like he's giving a great effort sometimes. No, Sutton also didn't play well. Four points on two of nine shooting, zero of two from the three point line. To me, the two biggest players that played well was Cunningham and Perry. It sucks that they played the same position. Yeah. Because you can't keep Perry in the game that long. You had Perry come off the bench three or four from the field, two or three from three, eight points in 16 minutes. I still think you can pay, play Perry at the two. I mean, think about it. Sometimes they have McMahon in with Cunningham, and uh, I know he's a better shooter, but still. And Cunningham, six of 11, two or three from three, 18 points, five assists. Right. I mean, Cunningham went back to his old ways where you looked at the end of the Duke game where he had those open shots towards the end and just wasn't taking them. V.J. King with a whopping two minutes in there, by the way. I don't get it, man. Like, I understand. Like, to me, he, he, did, not, he did not play bad. I don't, I don't get why he didn't stay in the game or didn't come back into the game. To me, if you look at his, his output is in, in comparison to someone like McMahon's, I mean, what did, what did McMahon do that really kept him in the game over, over V.J.? Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. McMahon, to me, if he's not hitting shots, you shouldn't even let him on the court. It, it just it, it blows my mind. He gets he gets too cute with some of these no look passes. He threw one out of bounds with his left hand where he was trying to do a no look that was that went zooming over somebody's head. Um, I'm not impressed with McMahon though, so that's why I'm sitting here not saying much because I, I don't know what to tell you. McMahon is not a guy who I think I think Mac wants him to be JP Macura. If anybody remembers him yeah. from Xavier. Uh, he is not that guy. He's not. <laughs> and and here's the thing: like I don't like to bash on kids because right. It, it, but he's out there playing hard. That's yeah, sure. he. That's not. You never. You never really question his effort. And he's a D one athlete. Like let's give him some credit. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. But I just I don't see what puts him in the game over someone like VJ King. I don't see it. Right. 
but here's the, here's the other thing, man. You have Williams and Enoch, a combined two of 11, one of three from the three-point line were 10 points. Right. Hey, you're not going to win games like that. You get out-rebounded 42-29 to 29 by a team that really didn't have any business out-rebounding you that bad. They're a decent rebounding team, but they're not a 13-point or 13-rebound difference. No, but Clemson has size at all positions. I mean, you were talking about the Nora thing earlier. Let's give a little bit of credit to Scara. Like, that's the whole reason why that dude is on the court is to try to shut down their best player on the opposite side. He he had 22 minutes this game. I'd say that's probably close to a season average, but I think he did a pretty decent job on him whenever he was guarding him. I can't argue with that at all. I mean, Nora had probably one of his worst games. since He had his worst game since Pittsburgh. Yeah. I definitely say that. He definitely had his worst game since Pittsburgh. Uh, but to me, the biggest difference was the turnovers. And if you take out those three turnovers in the last 17 seconds, the turnover difference was 19-9. to 9, But the final t- turnover difference was 19-12. to 12. Right. So, I mean, Louisville turned them over, and that's essentially what gave Louisville the win. Um, they Their defense is – because – Clemson was playing great defense as well and muddied it up and just brought Louisville down into the mud, and that's essentially what slowed the game down. Louisville couldn't get anything going on the offensive end, but pulled it out in the end with right. Noir throwing that pass in. And then I, that's the highest I've ever seen Noir jump too. by oh, the way. Oh, he was up there. He got the block, and then they got another shot when I thought at first that they didn't. Watched it again this morning, that play, and they had a legitimate shot of beating us with the second shot. Yeah. First shot, though, you've got to see. I mean, Reed saw him coming in. I don't know if he was trying to draw the foul. Head fake. Yeah. You head fake, you probably win. Three and a half seconds is a long time at that point, too. Yeah, it's. it was whew, it was rough. Counts as a win in the win column. That's all that, that matters. I, me, and, me and Parker were sitting there. It was me, Steve, and Parker. That's who we always – that's who I'm always at, with the, at the games with. And I looked at Parker and I said, that's the worst I've ever felt after a win. Yeah. I mean, you just – you don't. You legitimately don't feel like you won. Well, and it's like uh, even John was mentioned. Once again, you 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 saw it from the Duke game. Teams are going to continue to press you all. Like I, I don't think they're going to do it the whole game. They're going to throw it on you whenever they need it. But I, I sure hope they're working on it a lot in practice this week. To me, that's all you need to work on. Yeah. Well, that and against the two-three zone with the game coming up. I mean, that Syracuse zone is something that you know. You, with the amount of threes that you all are shooting, that could be bad or could be good. Yeah, it's with with Duke doing what they did the other day, dropping into that zone after their press. It, it definitely gave us a lot of fits. Yeah, but it they got the win. They they do they are going into Syracuse like you just mentioned. Syracuse is such a Jekyll and Hyde team. Yeah, I mean you have games where they're beating Duke, then you have games where they're losing to Georgia Tech. Yep. You really don't know what Syracuse team is going to show up. Well, they're coming off a loss to NC State, so my guess is they're going to come ready to play. Yeah. We'll actually be watching that game when we record here on Wednesday. Uh, so, I mean, it should be a good one. Uh, we haven't faced a team that is predominantly zone. Uh, we faced the Duke zone for a while, but I don't think that the athletes for Syracuse are near what Duke has, but they play his own a lot more often than Duke does. Well, and they've got length. Yeah. I mean, so, Duke has some players with length, Cam Reddish. I mean, even Zion. Zion's got a long wingspan and is quick. But this Syracuse team, that's a whole new whole new type of uh, animal right there. Yeah, I mean, I think Louisville still gets the win. I think they stay where stay put in the ACC standings, which now they're at 9-4. and four. 
uh, still in what fourth place, I believe. So, I mean, you can stay around there. You get a double bye. That's going to be a great tournament resume type thing. Uh, they have this game, then they then they have Virginia at home, and then have Boston College on the road, uh, and then going into March, you got Notre Dame on the road, uh, Notre Dame on the at home. I can't remember, or and then you have Virginia on the road. Yeah. So. I can't remember where, where is that Notre Dame game at. Do you have it pulled up? I don't have it pulled up. I can look. Uh, I, I think either way, Virginia or Notre Dame's struggling, but for some reason they've been giving teams good games, even though they can't get out the win. Yeah, yesterday they did that. Yeah, it, it's they've been giving teams good games, but they can't pull out a win. So it, it seems they they seem very comparable to us of last year, but without. I mean. Essentially, we didn't have a key win, and that's why we never made the tournament. But they reminded me a lot of our team last year. They they show bright spots, but they can't finish the games. That looks like that Notre Dame game's at home. Yeah, so. Boston College is on the road. And the then, second Virginia game is on the road. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and call it. I think Louisville takes one of those Virginia games. And if they take one, I think it's the one on the road. You think so? I, for some reason, Louisville tends to play better on the road. Yeah, especially uh, against teams that they're, you know, the underdog in. Yeah, North I mean, Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina. We played better. Seton Hall. We played better. Uh, Pittsburgh. We didn't. But true. We bounced back and beat. We beat you guys. There's just there's certain games where it just seems like they've played consistent, more consistent on the road. Yeah. If that makes sense. Georgia Tech, we beat the brakes off of Georgia Tech. We beat the brakes off of Wake Forest. That's two games right there. Granted, those aren't good teams, but the play, the level of play and consistent play in those two games was definitely a difference than from home. Yeah, North Carolina knows a little something about beating the brakes off of Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that, and we were mistaken. And you were like, I don't understand how that's a record. Right. So North Carolina set a record yesterday. With their biggest ACC road defeat or just defeat? Yeah, road win. We didn't, we didn't get defeated. No, I'm, I meant like I, I, I meant my bad, my bad. Yeah, they had the their biggest uh, road win as far as margin of victory in ACC. Yeah, was a thirty-eight point drumming of Wisconsin of almost said Wisconsin of Wake Forest. That would be crazy if they drummed Wisconsin like that. Oh man, they might only score thirty-eight. Yeah, because they yeah because they might only score that much. But they I mean, was ninety-five to fifty-seven. Yep, and I mean that is. It's not that's, bad. That's embarrassing. I told you though, we've got Duke coming up Wednesday. I mean, it gets interesting here. We got Kai Bowman in Boston College, who is not a good team. But I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't like playing against Kai Bowman. No, Bowman's nice. Chris Likes from Miami killed us, which they're playing tonight, by the way. And even though those two teams on paper look like garbage teams, we've be. got a lot of good television on tonight. Yeah, I, I can't wait to to see this All Star game. I think that. I don't think the teams are going to be very good matchups, but I like a lot of the players in the All-Star game. Yep. That's why I, I, I'm not going to go back on it again, but I, I'm, I definitely don't agree with the All-Star thing. Which this is the worst one. I, to me, they, they do no. way, they just do way more things in this All-Star game. Yeah. Well, it's, it, there's so many stuff, too, like from actually being at one of them. You don't even know a tenth of all the stuff that goes on. Well, um, I was getting to ask you earlier. I forgot about it. But they did – I don't know if you remember. Last year they took the TNT analysts, right? Chris Weber, Baron Davis, Candace Parker, Kenny yeah. – 
all those guys, Chuck and Shaq, right? Last year, some of those weren't involved with it, but they did a race, and they actually ran a race on a football field. Controversial finish. Chris Webber ended up winning over Kenny Smith at the last second because he stuck his hands out in one, right? Yeah. This year, they did drag racing. It was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I loved it. Um, if anybody hasn't seen that, they just go to the Charlotte Speedway. Um, they've got some NHRA people there. And I won't give away who wins, but it ends up being Team Shaq versus Team Chuck, which I love as well, too. Like, yes. Can't get two better captains for those teams. And uh, it, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I think it was on yesterday at 5. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to see if I can find that because I, I didn't even know that they did that this year. Because yep. I loved it last year. I watched the entire thing last year. It was so good. I hope they do something like that every year. I mean, I did not expect drag racing to be it this year. And um, it was actually two Kias that they were drag racing, so it wasn't like they were in funny cars or legit you know, racing cars. But that made it even better watching Shaq and them get in and out of those cars. I was like, gosh. <laughs> here's my thing, man, because a lot of people don't know this, but I'm hoping that the All-Star game can get me back into my NBA mood. Yeah. It's been it's been tough for me to watch the NBA. As a, lot of, a lot of you guys know I'm a huge LeBron fan, but I'm not a Lakers fan. Right. So it's been really tough for me this year because I don't like the Lakers. And I don't want to say I'm boycotting the NBA, but it's been tough for me to even watch a game. Yeah, we're well, preaching to the choir. Cavs have 12 wins so far this season and a whole lot of losses. Yeah. Chetty Osman was in the uh, Rising Stars game yesterday. I, I love that kid, dude. Yeah, he played terrible in it, too. So it was <laughs> tough I to love watch. that I gave him his pub and then he played terrible. I kept calling him the last Chetty, you know, like the last <laughs> Jedi. I was like, don't call him that. He's not playing well tonight. I think that's why it was. But, yeah, I, trust me, NBA is tough. I, there's a lot of good basketball going on, but when your team isn't doing well or when your player isn't doing well or somebody's hurt, I get that. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I've never liked the Lakers, and I, I just – For good I, reason, Tony. I, I, yeah, I, can, I just can't do it, man. I, I, I don't like that he plays for the Lakers. I just don't like it. But – uh, I don't know how we got to that from what we were talking about there, but tangent. Yeah, well, it's just we're the kings of tangents. But we're we're gonna give us our give you guys our uh, semi locks of the week, or our, <laughs> our locks of the week, or, or or whatever you want you guys want to call it. This is the one good thing that came of me losing this week. I'm not a moral victory type of guy, but. Clearly, I learned that I can trash talk you on this, and that doesn't affect the outcomes of my picks. So, before we start, I want to say, you suck. You are terrible at this. You can't see anything. We have the same record. (laughs) Well, I'm just trying to check where the mojo's at, man. My mojo's here. Maybe if I go off the deep end of this and get a little extravagant, maybe that'll help me win. My mojo is here, brother. Which, I'm in trouble this week, by the way, because we don't have NBA games back on until Thursday. Well, I mean, judging by your record, it doesn't (laughs) matter. Matter anyway. Yeah. If anything, you're. I mean, you should hope. Touche. Did one of your wins come from a college game? I, no, I think. No, you. One of your losses did. Yeah, yeah. I've got three <laughs> losses. So, anyways, back to the important things. We've got an in-state rivalry game. I wouldn't say rivalry, but you've got Virginia playing Virginia Tech. It's at Virginia Tech. I think this Virginia Tech team has been struggling recently without the addition of Robinson. Um, Beat Pitt by six. Beat Georgia Tech before that by eight. I'm hoping that that changes where they lose, but it keeps it about the same spread. I've got Virginia as the three-and-a-half-point favorite over Virginia Tech at their home court. I think Kyle Guy is going to have his average around 15 points. 
Um, you've got Ty Jerome is probably going to have his average around five assists, but mark it down. I'm going to go ahead and take Virginia that's, over Virginia Tech. That's one of those ones that we always talk about, that why is that spread so small? Right. And oh, they know some, they know something that we don't. And I hope that they're right. Yeah. Because I'm ready for you to take the L. I'm Again. ready for you to be behind me in the loss column. And Well, you've got to win for that to happen. We oh, can oh, I'm winning. I'm winning this yeah. week. Yeah, okay. I'm winning this week. But even without the NBA games or whatever, it's still tough to find some games to get spreads for this week yep. before Wednesday. But I found one. It's. I know they took a loss yesterday to, to Iowa State. But the Wildcats are coming back. Wildcats. The Kansas State Wildcats, eight-point favorites over West Virginia, a struggling West Virginia team. Uh, the loss of Javon Carter after the after last year and all those other players had felt like they had been there for 35 years. Yeah. Javon Carter looked like he could be my grandpa. Uh, he plays like it. No, not at all. No, he doesn't. Unless my grandpa was Uncle Drew. He could definitely play. Kansas State, eight-point favorite at West Virginia. Lock it in. Give me the Kansas State Wildcats. Yep. I, I, I think they're still my sleeper in the Big 12. I think they win the Big 12. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle now with the loss to Iowa State yesterday, but that's that's who I'm taking is the Kansas State Wildcats. Well, I told you, West Virginia's getting blown out lately, so once again, that eight points stands out to us. There's something going on with that. So I'm hoping you're wrong. And uh, I mean, hope in one hand and crap in the other, and let's see which one fills up first. I'm going to prefer to hope in one because <laughs> I ain't crapping in the other. <laughs> so we actually listened to Kansas State play Iowa State on the way to EKU yesterday. Yeah, which is tough for me. I hate – I mean, I, I would much rather listen to basketball than something else. I can't focus through it. Yeah, I mean, but to be honest with you, though, there was a lot more joking and, and all that stuff than there was, like, really legitimately listening to that or yeah. talking about rare deer diseases. Trichinosis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I learned something again. Yeah, I mean, the, if you could hear the conversations that myself and my friend group or my family have, I mean, I guess it's like what anyone else says, but... I feel like we need to start putting cameras in the cars or, or cameras when we're sitting here doing our study sessions before we start recording because I think that would be just as good as some of the stuff that we put on here. For sure. We'd get some snippets out of it. It's an eclectic group. Like You laugh at that, but there, there's a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds, and everybody is confident in their opinion, and it gets a little bit testy at times, which makes it fun. We actually found out yesterday that BJ and John played for the same coach. BJ for yeah. one game, but John in high school, which was through all of us for a loop because I would have never even like thought of that name being brought up at all. No, the funniest thing was he, he said that he played at Fort Knox, and I knew Coach Butts had coached there, and it's like I told him, we even scrimmaged them. Um, I, I just never put two and two together until he said something about his shooting methods and stuff. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny when he was talking about it, and you talked about how your other your coach your senior year yep. uh, taught a different shooting method and stuff, and the beef method. Yeah, I, that's right. I'll take all the credit for that one. Classic, right there. I thought you were going to say something yesterday. You never said anything. It was cracking me up. Well, I'll be honest with you, because I'd never heard of it. Yeah. Until you brought it up, and I was like, because here's the thing, man. If you get to that level and you have to be taught how to shoot, right? 
do you really need to be playing? No, and it's even. I'm I'm not a guy. I say any type of jump shot, jump shot can yeah. work. You know, you just gotta practice it. It's like anything else. The beef method is a little simpler. Balance, eyes, elbow, follow through. So it's not really teaching you a form. It's yeah. more telling you what you need to focus on. But yeah, John was cracking me up talking about because Coach Butts could shoot it like you you wouldn't expect it. You know, wearing his flip flops, wore flip flops in like negative ten degree weather. I don't care what it was, he would wear flip flops every day, and was a pretty calm and cool, collected coach. One day he did break his uh, clipboard on the ground, which was hilarious. I'll never forget it. And then it was like I was telling you guys in the um, in the car ride. My favorite thing about Coach Butts. We would finish a game, and we had a couple of two-a-days at that point in the summer, and he would say, all right, everybody needs to go to McDonald's and get some fries. And we're like, what are you talking about? Why are we going to McDonald's? Why are we getting fries? He's like, best form of potassium, boys. Got to get that potassium so you don't crack or so you don't uh, cramp up, which, you know, I think there's other options besides fries, but good good memories were brought back yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty funny, man, to think back to that stuff because, I mean, I always heard him as a name that uh, – was associated with Coffee Crossings, which a lot of local people will know about because uh, yep. he's the main funder, or I guess the owner, I guess. Owner, yep. Yeah. And then I remember him coaching you all uh, the year that you had transferred so you weren't playing. And I, re- I remember him coaching there, and I just was like, that's an odd matchup. And I don't know, it was weird how, how everything kind of wound up, though, but – yeah, he's like a lot of the other coaches at Christian Academy. He got one year, and they had a terrible team, and he got the short end of the stick and kind of got the boot out the door. But that wasn't surprising with how much turnover they had as yeah. at the coaching wheel there. Yeah, but so we rode up to uh, Richmond. Uh, Rich what? Yeah, Richmond. Yeah, we got there, and <laughs> I, I, I'll never forget the sign, though. Oh, that was great. The, the sign that was that was in Richmond, it was about – uh, what a quarter mile away from the the arena yeah, we're sitting that. we're sitting there in traffic and john points it out to us and it says tourist activities which was beautiful because i would have never even looked either yeah one mile ahead red lobster and white castle yeah. <laughs> so that that led that led to a, a, another slew of conversation and this was after we passed about 30 restaurants too yeah, and thinking like, out of everything you could put on there you're going to put the white castle and red lobster on there My <laughs> so goodness. is that the is that the the red lobster white castle mix like you got the taco bell pizza huts people were adding things to the menu on it yeah i mean the i mean i'm sorry you give me a jalapeno cheeseburger on one of their cheddar biscuits, and that might be one of the most fire things of all time. And that's what we were saying. You're probably going to be using fire out of your rear end. After yeah, but, that, I, but you know, I don't might care. be worth it. Yeah, uh, yeah. At that point, there's some things that you got to risk it for the biscuit. Risk that, it for the biscuit. We got to risk it for the biscuit, and that's what I'm doing <laughs> on that one. But we get to EKU after we can't figure out how to get around in the parking lot. Uh, we end up parking next door and walking up a hill. Which was good because we thought the game started at 7.30 and it started at 7, so we yeah. got there on perfect time. Yeah, we walk in. Got tip. a little bit of exercise, too. Yeah, the tip happens. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I loved that gym. I liked it as well. I said it was a player. It was a shooter's gym is Absolutely. what I kept telling Matt. It, was, it, was a, it looked like a, a, an oversized barn almost. Yeah, the, the roof was beautiful. The, the roof was just all wood. Um, Matt said it looked like the um, Noah's Ark. 
theme type <laughs> yeah. crackdown. Noah, Noah's Ark Gymnasium, I guess is what they should have called it. But I we we went up there to or we went over there to see John Morant play, who plays for Murray State, uh, projected to be number two pick behind Zion Williamson. Uh, and to be honest with you, we we left with what we thought we were going to see. Pretty much, yeah. I wish you would have had a, uh, a tougher opponent that maybe you would have came to play a little bit more. But statistically, he still had a pretty pretty great grain. I, to be honest with you, I just wish that, that the guy for EKU played his position so we could have seen them just battle back and forth. Yeah. Because we were seeing them score back and forth, but Nick Mayo for EKU was being guarded by Dud. The guy that you said you had heard was their second best player, and to none of us, he impressed. Multiple times I heard that he was their second best player, and I think it was just because they run that kind of pick and roll, and then that gets some of the lobs back door to those guys open, some open threes for 10 on their team. But, yeah, he uh, he had a tough matchup last night. Absolutely. So, John Morant, if, if you haven't watched John Morant play, think of how you do your NBA 2K My Player. <laughs> That's essentially what he is. Every possession. Because more often than not, most people are going to make NBA 2K My Players as a point guard. I'm different. I make a big guy, but hey, that's the best comparison I could give to everybody. Yeah. John Morant literally has the ball in his hands every play. Every play. That inflates his stats. That also inflated his turnovers. We were talking about that yesterday. A couple of times they were trying to inbound it. We said he finished the game with nine turnovers. Probably three of those were not true turnovers that were his fault. But yeah. still, that's the price you pay with that. He he, you could definitely tell he was the best player on the floor, though. Yeah. He he ended the night with twenty five points, fourteen assists, eight rebounds, and then the nine turnovers that you just mentioned. But you know he had, like you said, he had two or three that weren't his fault. Super uh, smooth too. Like oh I, I mean, he didn't man. even look like he was breaking a sweat out there. He, he made one play in the first half. And here's the other thing. I'm glad that EKU's fans were embracing of it and weren't like a this guy's against us type thing. They were like, we're getting to see a top-notch player. We don't want you to beat us, Yeah. but we're not going to be you're the enemy type guy. No, I didn't hear a ton of terrible chants or anything, but so he's still fans of EKU. Yeah, he gets a secondary break or a fast break, and he, he does – I don't even know. Like, he spins it back to himself. Yeah, spin dribble. Spin dribble and then throws a no-look pass for a dunk. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Which, that's the stuff you don't see on TV, by the way. Like, his handling, I said to you, I, I, I don't know of any point guard who's more ambidextrous as far as dribbling. I think the scouting report on him might be force him to the right more than force him to the left. I mean, if anything, it's force him to shoot the ball. Yeah. His jump shot definitely isn't there, isn't fully there. It, Which he can hit too. Yeah. I've seen games where he hits it, but consistently, that's probably the mo. I, I'm I'm backing off of him, and because he's got a quick first, second, third, fourth step. I mean, the change he just, of pace in general. Think he, about it. Like his change of pace. I mean, he honestly almost kind of reminds me of Wall. Yeah. And that's, well, but he's got the left hand like Wall too. Yeah. Where Wall liked to dunk better with his left hand. Morant's more of floaters with the left hand or, or finger rolls with the left hand. He hit some tough shots. That that's almost who I would compare him to. Yeah. Size wise, jump shot wise, like they can hit it if you leave them. I mean, if they start hitting, they'll start hitting it. We didn't talk about this yesterday, but you know what my biggest critique of him is? 
the it, jump passes. I was literally about to say that. The jump passes are terrible, man. He got in so much trouble with those jump passes. I think if I were his coach, and you know, you want each player to be their own individual player. We hear a ton of Russell Westbrook comparisons. And I do get that because of statistically, because of speed, skill, athletic ability. But the person I would have him watch would be Steve Nash when he was playing for the Phoenix Suns. If he keeps that bounce alive and drives under the basket, he's going to have a wing shooter open. He's going to have that curl back. He's got the behind-the-back pass to him, behind the head. Whatever he's got, he's a great. he's got great vision. And that's the most important thing. He just he jumps and floats for a couple minutes, but... Sometimes he doesn't have somebody to throw it to. Yeah, I mean, he had that one where he came down out of bounds, and they called it out of bounds. Or it could have been a travel, either one. Yeah. But, yeah, he did jump on a lot of his passes. It felt like 50% of his passes he was jumping. It was bad. I mean, I was thinking in my head, like, if he's playing against some of these better schools, what's going to happen when he's doing that? Like, he's going to have 15 turnovers in a game. You get to the NBA and you do stuff like that, you've got people shooting those passing lanes. Because guess what? If, you're, if you see somebody open offensively, the defender in the NBA is going to see it too. Absolutely. And that is something that I did notice as well. I'm glad you brought that up because the, just as much as we want to uh, just as much as we want to pump him up, we want to critique his game as well. I mean, we're not NBA scouts by any means, but we don't want it to sound like we're just here to only tell you the good things because he did do some things like the nine turnovers, some of them were or some of them weren't his fault, some of them definitely were. Right. Um, and even the shooting, like you said, too, he'll improve that the older he gets. Hopefully he's in the gym working on it. He's got kind of an odd release, shoots it from under his chin. Yeah. But it's a quick release, too, so it might. I mean, and obviously he it, elevates It almost looks like shot. a better form of Sean Marion shot. Yeah, I'd agree. It, I definitely could see that. It looks like a better form of, of Sean Marion shot. Well, and the funniest thing, we mentioned this during the game, everybody on the team had on these uh, Nike Kobe ADs except for Ja. Ja was wearing the Kyrie 4s, which was hilarious to me. I don't know if that was a feel thing or if it was just like you said. He definitely knew people were there to see him. He wanted to be a little bit different, but uh, I loved him. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that that John brought up during the game. He, You can definitely tell he knows the spotlight's on him. Oh, he was posing at the end of some plays. He was putting his hand up next to his ear like it was a WWE match. Yeah, I mean, he, but he, that's the thing. He's not afraid of it. No. Definitely no not afraid of the spotlight at all. I even saw at one point the ref came up and was talking to him after he was doing that, and I was like, I wonder what that ref was saying to him. Is he telling him to calm down? But he got a couple of tough calls against him. It's like you said, the crowd wasn't bad, but you could tell they definitely weren't hoping for him to win. So he's going into all of these away games with refs against him, players against him, fans against him. He's embracing it, which yeah. is a good sign. But So we were there, and the, that place wasn't big. But, I mean, we were a part of the biggest crowd in over a decade for uh, Alumni Coliseum with 5,460 people, yep. which isn't a lot of people. But then again, you think of some place like Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill holds, what, six, 7,000? It's one of the toughest places to play. So I think it's more than that, but it's it's not very much. I know it's less than ten. Yeah, and as much as as much as you have a tough place to play, and we were, I was referring to that kid uh, Mayo for EK. I gotta give that credit, kid credit. I, I don't want to talk about this whole thing and not mention him. That kid was a stud. Oh, he could ball. He had a typical Euro game feel, is what I kept thinking. Euro big. He reminded me of Hansbro almost. Really? Like, like not. I'm not talking. He's as good as Hansbro, 
But I, he reminded me more of May than Hansborough. I could see that. I guess I guess maybe his size reminded me of, or his stature and the way he looked reminds me of Hansborough. But I could see his game reminding you more of May. Yeah, six nine, big. I mean, he played center for them, but he's definitely a power forward. Yeah, and he absolutely torched Murray State's big guy. Shot 10 of 18 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. Ended the game with 26 points and 12 rebounds and didn't come out of the game. No. Played 40 minutes. Which he had to to keep them in that. Their other big guy, number 12, was having some issues. You could see he kept pulling and subbing himself out. I was going, all right, you can't sub yourself out of games like that. And, I mean, the thing was is he kept them in it as long as he could, but it ended up being a – Blowout. Yeah. What was the what was the final one hundred two to eighty or something? Seventy. One hundred two to seventy. Thirty two point win. Yeah, and the crazy thing was is they were in the game. It was sixty six to sixty, I believe. Well, and or I think it was eight. It was eight, whatever it was. Fifty eight. It might have been fifty eight. Fifty seven sixty five is what I want to say, but I could be wrong. And then Murray State was like, oh, you guys got it close again? Yeah, here you go. We'll go and step on your throats and end this game real quick. And you could feel the momentum changing in there and everything, It was too. bad. Yeah. yeah. It was bad. They just turned them over and turned them over. And, and hit a ton of threes at the end, too. Yeah. To much to our friend's chagrin. Absolutely, yeah. We, we don't want to throw him too far under the bus. No, that's not the, throwing anybody so, under the bus. So we just won't think mention. about it. 102 points at the end of the game. They were definitely going for that 100 mark, and they hit a ton of threes at the end. Yeah, I know. What was the, what was the, the uh, score at halftime? 46-35. So at that point, whenever we saw that, it was 27 points had been scored. And he needed it to be 80, 90 or 89, 89 or an under. And he was like, oh, we should be good. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't end up that way. But uh, while we were there, the All Star festivities happened. We actually got to watch uh, some of them on Friday. Uh, the celebrity games and the rising, the celebrity game and the rising stars game. Thanks we- to our beautiful waitress in the boot. Oh yeah, yeah we did. Woo! Yeah, she was. Yeah, I don't. Know. That's to all the all the people who were with us listening. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> to all the people who weren't, check out Hometown Pizza wherever it is. Shelby, what? Shelbyville, Kentucky. Shelbyville, KY. Ask for the boot lady. Yeah, she was. She was interesting to say the least. Uh, but. We were actually going to record Friday. I told BJ, I said, hey, what do you think about recording Sunday to give us a little bit more to talk about so we could talk about what happened in the skills challenge and the three-point shootout and everything and even the Celebrity and Rising Stars game. I told BJ, I said, look, man, this Celebrity game is kind of dumb to me. But you said, hey, no, I'm not going to take that. No. And explain explain to the audience why you're not going to take that. Well, this is what it was. If you go off a game just by looking at the list of people who are on there. It's called a celebrity game. Yeah, but there's basketball being played. So you got to have the best of both worlds. I'm in it for the entertainment, but I need, like, I'm going to judge you hard if you can't play ball, right? Quavo, whenever Quavo came out, I was like, okay, this dude can ball. Justin Bieber, I don't know if you remember this, but we did this podcast last year, and I actually gave him some credit during that. Um, so, yeah, you can dislike a person and still give them some respect. But, I mean, the list of players were not impressive. Mike Coulter, Chris Daughtry, Terrence J, Famous Lowe's, Dr. Oz, Ronnie 2K, Ray Allen, A.J. Buckley, Bad Bunny. I mean, that's just some of them. Yeah. How many of those have you heard of? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. The other thing that I guess annoyed me was everyone's asking, who's that? Yeah. Who's that? And that gets annoying. It's like watching a movie for the first time with somebody and you're like, What's going on? Like, 
Dude, I don't know either. I don't know either. Quit asking me. I don't know. I think my favorite thing was there's a guy in the game named Brad Williams, right? Brad yeah. Williams is a little person. He also has a uh, partner who does a podcast with him named Adam Ray. Funny dudes. I- I've watched some of their stuff before. It's it's hit or miss for me. I'll be honest with it. But we heard like three different people think that he was the little person from what Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones. The, the guy from Elf. Yep. And then I thought he, I thought he was the guy from Little People, Big World. Yeah. And there, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, this I still don't know what he's from. Yeah. Well, he's been in like um, uh, American Pie movies, I think. I forget what else his credentials are, but it's like I said, I know him from the stand-up comedy scene. Yeah, and I mean, I just I didn't know who had more than half of these people were. Yeah, and to me, I I'm, I like the celebrity game when I know who the celebrities are. Yeah, they definitely had. Uh, they kind of had some featured players. They had Quavo mic'd up. They had JB Smooth mic'd up. They had the two WNBA players, Amanda Amanda Seals and uh, Asia Wilson mic'd up. I liked how they did it. I thought it was a really good job. I told you, too, 82-80 to 80 is what it finished out. Um, the home team ended up winning with J.B. Smoove. Um, he was my favorite player on the team, if you can't tell. Jay Williams was on there. Famous Lowe's, Dr. Oz. Um, Steve Smith, former Carolina Panther, was on there as well, He too. was gunning, too, by the way. Oh, heck, and he was playing hard on D2. You could tell he was getting a little bit feisty. Yeah, he, he definitely shot the ball a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and he, he hit his free throws at the end. I mean, he's the one who kind of sealed the game off for him. They were all in his ear talking to him. But it's like I said, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great celebrity game. I, I have it recorded at the house. I'll probably watch it again at some point. Better you than me. I don't think I could watch it again. And Ray Allen deserves a contract. That's what should be said, too. Ray <laughs> Allen at foot, 44, 43 years old. Yeah, he he started out hot, but he ended up he ended up cooling down definitely as as the game went on. Yeah, but he finished with twenty four, twenty something. I mean, he you could definitely tell they had a four point line in this, which was deep. Think about it, the NBA three point line is deep enough. The four point line was well behind that, and it was a charity line. Every shot they hit, you know, a donation was made to charity, so they weren't afraid to shoot it. We no. also saw coming back to why you said it was terrible. We saw a five-point play in this game. Famous Lowe's hits a four-pointer, gets fouled by Quavo, hits the free throw. How many times have you seen a five-point play before? Not very many times. Unless you've watched the big three, never is the correct answer. Yeah, not very many times. So I liked it. I thought it was a good good evening. The other game that night was the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. I don't know how I I like – I don't think I like that they changed this. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't brought this up to you. With the world versus USA? I liked it better rookie sophomores. Really? I did. I liked it better when it was rookie sophomores. I don't dislike your idea on that, but I I think it's fun to see who is from where. I I don't think, um, you know, a lot of the U.S. guys don't embrace it as much as what you would think, but they got trashed last year by the world. They lost by over 30, so I think this year they, they came in for a vengeance and wanted win. Yeah, it just I don't know. It doesn't do it for me as much as it used to. They I mean they they got the win this year by 17. Yep. But it just I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't make me want to watch it as much as it did when it was the rookie sophomores because to me, yes, there's a lot there's a lot of people or there's a lot of pride in your country or where you're from. Right. But it seemed like the competitive edge was always there when they were like, "No, our class is better than yours." 
Yeah, it's still an all-star weekend, so I think it was in spurts. And that's what I saw in this game was certain players, like Simmons played most of the game hard. Luka Doncic didn't play a single minute hard. So I, I get what you're saying. I don't think there's no truth to it, but I, I like the format that it is now. I just I, I love the, the Kyrie-Brandon Knight thing. Yeah. That was like that was – the uh, Dion Waiters, Tim Hardaway Jr. thing. Well, that's the thing that people don't understand. There's a ton of talent in this game. Like, you look at the rosters on this game, man, there was some good players. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I picked that I thought the world was going to win. Yep, I, thought I did they, as well. I thought they had more talent. Team USA came out. Kuzma wins the MVP with, what, 35 points? Around there. Some, some 35 points, I believe, and um, – that's the thing. I think watching it, Tatum probably should have got that because Kuzma was getting all the easy buckets at the end. And, you know, that's still – got to give him credit for scoring. But Tatum was the one who kind of put on more of the show. Trey Young was even in that conversation. Trey Young went through two people's legs off the dribble. One was a Kogi. One of them was Aiton. Finished at the rim over Aiton. I was impressed with what I saw. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell – Oh, by the way, I f- we forgot to mention this what? because this is what I'm bringing. This is what's going to make me think of this. So Donovan Mitchell completely misses the backboard on a throwing it off the backboard to dunk. John Morant tried that yesterday and also missed the backboard. Yeah, wide right. If we would have seen that, oh, dude, well, they were all talking about it around us too. Think about it. He got stuck in the middle of the lane, had nobody to pass to. The guy ends up basically leaving him. I mean, he makes a great pivot to get open, and it was there. Like, everything was set up for top ten. I mean, you're, you're not going to beat that on the top ten. That was going that to be was, number that one. That was dunk of the year college basketball if he does that. Yeah. and Especially if the dude tried to block him. Yeah. And 23 was on him. who was a smaller white kid, and he was going to get a facial. And he throws it up towards the backboard and misses the backboard to the right. That was the only disappointment other than his – his jump passes that I had in John Morant. That's my other, that's my other dig on him. Say, how do you miss the backboard? Yeah, well, it's like we said, even he was wide right. Donovan Mitchell was over the top. Donovan Mitchell was at the end of the game, too, getting ready to put on a show. That's I like the way this game ended, too. They, they pretty much had a dunk off at the end. Donovan Mitchell over looking like Patrick Ewing on Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing, throwing lost the, his powers. Yeah, just throwing it over the backboard, hitting the popcorn guy in the crowd. Here's a funny stat for you, too. I don't think you knew this, but both teams finished with a 55.4 field goal percentage in that game, too. Wow. Weird that you see two teams finished with the exact same field goal percentage. And the deficit be that big. Even weirder that it is 55.4%. And the deficit be that big. Yeah. That's, and that's the other thing. But, One had a lot more turnovers. Yeah. So, like I said, Team USA won, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, but you move over to Saturday, which is the part of All-Star Weekend that most people watch. Because a, a lot of, like, non-real basketball fans are – I don't want to say it that way. A lot of yeah, – That sounded bad. It did. A, a lot of people that are – not as avid basketball fans as we are. They essentially, like baseball, they'll watch the home run derby or the celebrity softball game or stuff like that. Right. They'll watch this part. Well, and even I feel like a lot of people in our area are bigger college basketball fans yeah. than NBA, so they watch a couple NBA games a year. That's typically going to be the all-star game, and then you're probably looking at the finals or some playoff matchups. Yeah, but they'll always watch this part. Yeah. And the the skills challenge three point shootout and the dunk contest. Yep. The dunk contest has 
forever been the king of All Star Weekend as far as what gets the most pub. Yeah, it's always the featured. Yeah, absolutely. But the skills challenge, to be honest with you, may have been the most exciting because of the ending. I think that could be true. I mean, we talked about it before. You've got a great list of people in the three-point, but in the skills challenge. The way it ended was exactly unbelievable. Yep. So you got Trey Young going against Jason Tatum. In uh, the finals. Yeah, in the finals. In the, the, the finals. In Big the, guy versus guard. Yeah. So you got Trey Young uh, out in front of Jason Tatum after they just did a layup, and you have to pull up for a three. No surprise there that Trey Young was the faster of the two, right? Yeah, they lay up at the same time, but they're they're running to uh, to the other end of the court, and he's almost to the three point line. Tatum's pulling up to half court and just chucks one up from half court. Tatum knew he chances were Young was going to hit that first one. He's got to just let it fly. Lets it go from half court and it banks in and he wins. Yeah. That was when I saw that highlight when we were at the pizza place. I was like, yo, y'all got to see this. Like, this is nuts. Because I got the the notification. And when you get the ESPN notification, most of the time you like skim over and like, all right, go and you delete it. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. And that's what I had done. Was I skimmed over it, boom, and I deleted it. Well, then when we were sitting there and I was like, whoa, what did I just watch? Yeah. And I was like, yo, John, look how this ended. And I showed him and Ryan. They were like, what? And I showed you and Matt. And it was like, that, to me, that was the best ending of anything of All-Star Weekend. Oh, it was a great ending. But think about what that says about Tatum. Like, well, this is probably reaching. But, like, you've got a dude who, in a playoff situation or in a big game, in a quote-unquote presser situation, like, he's thinking a couple steps ahead. He knew he had to get that up because he knew he could run up and grab another ball and still get a shot off. So if Trey Young misses that first one, he's still getting a second shot off around the same time that Trey Young is getting it off at. That was a genius. Like, you couldn't have played it any better than what he did. Absolutely not. It, it banked it. It was straight on, straight in, went in, boom, he wins. Which, if I remember correctly, that's two years in a row that a big guy has won that contest, right? No, last year, uh, Dinwiddie won. Okay. The year before then was another big guy. So, think about it. Big guys, everybody who says, oh, we shouldn't have the big guys in it. I was listening to Dikembe Mutombo talk about that. It's like sound, It's like listening to the Cookie Monster talk, though. <laughs> yeah. We should not have big guys in it. No. I'm not listening. My coach told me i got to get down in the post, get my butt in the post. I get it, but I like to see. I'm the sure big your guys coach told it. you the same thing too, though. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so you move you move to the three point shootout, and like we said, this was a a star studded as far as three point shooters go. Um, line up for the three point shootout, and if you'd have listened to me, you'd have you'd have beaten me with not just the dunk the dunk contest, right? But with the three point shootout, shoulda, so. woulda, coulda. Indirectly, I think I win the three-point one just because I told you this who you should draft, and it was on recording that I told you you should draft him. Listen, you're giving a little bit of foreshadowing here, but you can take all the indirectly you want to. <laughs> I'm taking the championship of the world, undefeated, undisputed. Joe Harris beats Steph Curry. Never lost. Never One-on-one, never lost. We almost went to where no, one of us had to have won. That's why we drafted all four of the dunk contest. Which was good that you did that because, yeah, otherwise we were in trouble. And that's what we said. Like, this is a whole thing where it's fun because you never know what's going to happen on these. You don't know people's mindsets coming into it. Um, the Joe Harris thing was impressive, too, because I even told you, you know, it, it ended up coming down to one shot was the differential in it. 
Yeah, and Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets, who uh, is funny when when Ryan read that name off in the car. Huh? He didn't even say Joe Harris. He just said Harris won it, and everybody kind of looked at each other for a second and was like, what? And I think a couple of us were thinking in our head, that was not who we expected. But a couple of us were going, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, I remember Tobias Harris being in this. Yeah. That was what I was thinking. I was like, oh, no, it's Joe Harris. Oh, man. I, I was totally proud for- of him. I totally forgot about him. You can't be proud of him now when you didn't pick him. Listen, that's a guy who LeBron traded from that team. GM LeBron James, another one bites the dust, dun dun, and ended up winning. Fitting a they good got a role. chip from it, though. Got a boy. You got yeah. a chip from it, so you can't really argue with him trading that huge piece in Joe Harris. I don't think he was there when they won, was he? I think he was gone before that. I, I, we'll have to look. I don't want to say yes or no, but he got a chip on his shoulder. No, I'm I talking say. about when they traded them, they got a chip. Yeah, chip so, on their shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. So Joe Harris takes a three-point shootout over the media darling, Steph Curry. Which, wouldn't it have been fun if it was Steph versus Seth in the no. final in Charlotte? I couldn't have dealt with it. You no. I see what you did there. No. You couldn't have dealt with it. That's no, their father? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. As corny as that is, I couldn't have dealt with it. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't have dealt with the media darling Curry family getting even more pub. I'm done with them. I've been done with them for years. Or Nowitzki. I'll throw Nowitzki in there. No, because Nowitzki doesn't ask for it. Yeah, that's And Nowitzki true. doesn't throw his mouthpiece at fans. Which we talked about this before. Just so everybody knows, he's not officially retiring after yeah. this season. He's coming back next year just so they give him another All-Star I do. I would do the same thing. <laughs> Keep putting me in the All-Star game if you're going to do that. He needs another legend to retire to to get it, like D-Wade. Yeah, I mean, who else is going to retire next year, though? I don't know, but what do you think Vince Carter was thinking? You think he was a little offended? Is Vince Carter retiring? The rumor has it. Speculation. That's who's retiring next year is Vince Carter. That's how Dirk is getting. That's how Dirk's getting his all-star game. Play another year. Play another year. Vince is going to play. He's going to retire next year. Then it's going to be like Dirk and Vince. It's like, oh, man, Dirk and Vince are going to retire. Dirk's like, not so fast, my friend. I'm getting a chip with this with these young guns over here in, in Dallas. You'll laugh at this, but there was legitimate media personnel who were wanting Vince to go into the dunk contest this year. Like Rachel Nichols was probably the biggest advocate from what I it saw. Wouldn't have, I mean, it wouldn't have made it any worse. No, probably not. But I told you, even we were dogging John Collins. He was the dark horse of the event, right? And once I watched him in that Rising Stars event, I thought, I might re- rethink this a little bit. Like he caught a couple of nice oops. Yeah, and he made that nice, uh, what they called it, around the world backwards dunk. Yep. And that moves us forward to the dunk contest, which was uh, mediocre at best, I would say. I think John had a good point yesterday, though, and I, I have no answer for this. But they've got to figure out how to get some of the all stars back yeah. into it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but yeah, I agree, hundred percent. It's got to be the younger all stars too. I think you don't want these, you know, veterans in there because they're not going to put on as good of a show. I mean, I think a, one thing that did it, and I hate to throw the shade at him, but why did Donovan not do it again? Yeah, no one you wants to go against. Yesterday. No one wants to go against someone that didn't win. You put the champion back in there. It's like. Nope, I'm coming after the champion. Right. You could even put Levine in that still. You could put well, Aaron see, Gordon Levine in Levine was going to do it, remember, and he got hurt. And Aaron Gordon was like, well, I'll stay in it. Right. And Aaron Gordon was going to be in it last year, and he got hurt. But that's what I'm saying. This year, why, why could those two have not have done it this year again? There's just no incentive to doing it. Once you've won one or once you came up short, 
you've kind of got the exposure you needed. Yeah. But you move to it. You have Diallo and Dennis Smith Jr. Two, uh, both of us had a pick in the finals. And it was Miss Dunk after Miss Dunk for Dennis Smith Jr. And the dunk that won Diallo the championship pretty much was his first dunk in the round. Yeah, because Smith missed 72 dunks and they still gave him a 50. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was awful. But the dunk that Diallo did was so trash. I'm not saying that I could do it. I don't want. I don't. I, before anyone's like, oh, let's, well, let's see you do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't jump over a phone book. But here's the thing: <laughs> phone book's better than a piece of paper. Yeah, I mean, I'll jump over a piece of paper. <laughs> Challenge accepted. I'll do that right now. But here's the thing: he, uh, oh, he jumped over Shaq and put his arm in the rim. Yeah. He pushed off Shaq's shoulder and put his arm in the rim. Which I told you, anytime you see somebody jumping over people, you will always see that little bit of extra elevation from that push-off. And they did a ton of those dunks where they were jumping over people. Man, it was old, man. Yeah. Do something different. It, like, it was so – the dunk contest was so garbage. That's the tough thing, though. It's like you said, do something different. But that's what you were saying made Aaron Gordon and Levine so special is we would have never expected any of those dunks to happen. No. That was stuff that the air the air chair is what I call it with Aaron Gordon going under his legs. That dude is impressive. Um, I mean, I, I can't even bring my legs up like that. Like, if I'm sitting down stretching, I can't even do that. So. Yeah. To be 40 inches, 40-plus inches I still disagree with John. I still think that's the best dunk contest we've seen. He he brought up some good points that I could see more of his side of the argument, but I'm tending to lean on your side with that. Uh, There there was just so many good dunks between those two. and Yes, the 2000 dunk contest was great. But I, I stand behind the argument of if I if I said, hey, name me someone other than Tracy McGrady, more often than not, people are not going to be able to name other people in that dunk contest. I think it was like he was saying. The people who don't remember Steve Francis in that dunk contest and T-Mac are doing them, and even Stackhouse he brought up, but the two that stand out the most to me are Steve Francis and T-Mac. You're doing yourself an injustice by not remembering them because they put on a show out there as well, too. wasn't just a two-horse race. It was a three-horse race. Obviously, it comes down to the finals with those two. I get that, but, yeah. It's like I said, I, I still think the Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine thing, for players who I was not super excited about going into it, that's why I was hoping for this matchup. I'm like, okay, looking at the list of names, you've got nobody in there who's a starter except for John Collins. Which, I, well, know, yeah, I guess Dave Smith Jr. is now. Uh, he doesn't start for New York. I don't know how many games he started or not, but yeah. I mean, he was starting in, in Dallas too. No, they they ended up switching a rotation. He, I, who cares if it's a starter or not? Yeah. As far as being a guy who's you know a big name, wasn't there this year. So I thought there was a potential for. Sometimes you get like a Jeremy Evans. People won't remember that, but you I get some Jeremy good Evans, dunkers. Yeah. Jamario Moon. I mean, you get some good dunkers who are no names. Terrence Ross, Jamario Moon. I think you're just throwing in there because he was a calf. Former Harlem Globetrotter as well, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's mainly I know him as a calf. Yes, yeah. but he had he had some great dunks as well, too. He did. He definitely had he definitely had a nice vertical, sure. and and I mean, I, if I remember right, he had a really long, a big wingspan too, right? Yep. Dunks yeah. look effortless. But speaking of dunks. We're coming to the time in the episode where we talk about our dunk bracket. We're nearing the end of it. We got our percent. We got our votes in. 
uh, tallied them up for uh, we actually had to count the recount in Florida uh, with with some of the votes. Listen, uh, you can't reuse old material. I'm not. It's not. It's not reusing. It's recycling. <laughs> recycling. Recycling. Recycle. Thank you. Um, and we we tallied up the the vote count, and we now have a final four. Yep, it's a good final four. You know, it, it was like we said. This final four came because we switched it up, and we did not seed people. So I, I like where the final four is at this point. Yeah, I mean. I'm glad that I'm finally not getting people writing me like, well, why is this guy facing this guy? And I'm like, well, if you read from the beginning, I said that this was put who we thought were the 32 of the best dunkers, put them in a bracket. We shuffled it up. We didn't do anything. We we had the website shuffle it up. Right. Didn't seat them and just threw it out there. I love that the people are that passionate about it though too. Because think about it: if you're that passionate about a poll, you know we we've got some great listeners then. Yeah. So moving to our final four, we had or I'm sorry, our matchups from last week. We had Dominique Wilkins, Daryl Griffith. Dominique Wilkins squeaked out or not? Didn't really squeak it out. There was nothing. None of these were really that close. No. Um, Dominique Wilkins gets the sixty percent uh, win, sixty to forty over Daryl Griffith, uh, moves him to the final four to face Vince Carter, who got a ninety-six percent to four percent win over Jason Richardson, which I was highly surprised that he got that many votes. Yeah, it's because you're going against Vince, but it's like I said, I don't want people to think that Jason Richardson couldn't dunk. I no. mean, that that dude, like when the dunk contest was not good, he was still putting on. He a won show. it twice, I think, right? Either twice or three times, but, yeah. but he put on a show. Yeah. And then the next one, you had Spud Webb facing off against Daryl Dawkins. Um, I thought after seeing the Twitter poll, I thought that Spud Webb was going to win. No, got absolutely blasted on uh, Facebook. Uh, loses that for, uh, 60 to 40 again. Right. Uh, Daryl Dawkins comes out on top, and he will face off against another Tar Heel in Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan won 86 to 14%. And we have a final four of uh, Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter, Daryl Dawkins, and Michael Jordan. And you could match it up anyway. It's like you said, we wanted to match it up so that there would be two Tar Heels in this. I knew that was your thought from the get-go, so I, I appreciate the kindness on that. I wouldn't really call it kindness as much as I was just reading about how people were voting towards this whole poll thing. And right. I, I saw the way it was going to go. I knew where most people were going to go with on their winner. And um, I saw how people were voting Michael Jordan as well. It's just, it's not really kindness as much as I'm just seeing how the 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 chips are falling. Hey, you don't have to take credit. Just just know it's appreciated, buddy. Yeah. So we have a final four of Dominique Wilkins. Like I said, Dominique Wilkins against Vince Carter and Daryl Dawkins against Michael Jordan. Which I'll be honest, both those matchups are good matchups. I like that top matchup. Dominique Wilkins versus Vince Carter. You've got a power dunker versus a finesse dunker. That one will intrigue me. I, I think I might know who might pull that one out, obviously, based on the voting up to this point. But I know there's some people who have been voting Dominique pretty heavy. Here's something I want to tell you guys. Uh-oh. Um, on that bottom one, don't vote who you think is the better player. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't vote who you guys think is the better player. I didn't know that was what was coming. But because I think that's the way it's going to go. People you already gonna, made your votes, right? Yes, I have. Live on air, did you vote for the better player or the better dunker? The better dunker and the better player. Okay. 
But there's going to be people who, in their heart of hearts, don't really know about Daryl uh, Dawkins. Right. And just say, well, Michael Jordan is, yeah, it's Michael Jordan. I'm going to vote for him. He played on Space Jam. Who broke more backboards? Hmm? Here's the thing, though. Hmm? Michael Jordan did break a backboard, which a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, overseas. Yeah. But are you saying their backboard was cheaper? Yes. I, I think it was a less quality product is what I'd say. It's, Listen, when you buy something is it, and it's made in the U.S. compared to when it's made in China, come on now. It's never made in the U.S., let's be honest. Yeah, it's just assembled. Yeah. But listen, don't get off topic here. That backboard was a fluke. That was set up to make his SBB shoes, which sold and went for a ton of money. So yeah, toboggan so right now. I'm wearing made in China. I'm just saying, there's everything's made. Everything's made overseas. So I'm, 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 I'm not no. taking that. No, quality, quality products, USA. So we BJ brought up just a little bit ago that he has a beef. Yeah, and it's it's a good one in my opinion. Um, bring brings us to a little bit of a local. I'm not. Did did you uh, do you know how far it is from us? I don't. Okay. I, I don't. I don't even know how to spell it to even look up to see how far it is. Well, that's I pronounce it as Lagudi. You were pronouncing it as Lagodi earlier. Yeah. So, obviously, we've got some clarification to be had on all that. Fans, let us know what it is. But anyways, we're going locally. And keep in mind... Um, An hour and 40 minutes. So, that that is not far at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this is an interesting event that took place recently. Unfortunately, and I, I never like to see things like this, but, but their head coach of the Lagudi team, uh, Kent Chesham, was placed on administrative leave. And when you hear something like that, you always think of the worst. And in this case, I was intrigued by it because there was some speculation as to what happened. So once again, the acts that are being said are alleged, and this is not, there's, there's an investigation going on. But supposedly there was an incident in the February 8th game against Mitchell that was not a great thing. And then now there is multiple parents and family members who are coming out that say in a Orleans game, a player comes out with a bloody nose, right? I think both of us, I've seen you have a bloody eye socket, uh, but I think both of us has had plenty bloody noses. Typically you think as a player, as a coach, okay, that's no big deal, right? So, somehow the coach ends up being the one who takes him into a side room, right? And I, I'm going to guess this coach doesn't have an extensive medical background. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's yet to be determined, right? Yeah. But his strategy to make the kid's nose stop bleeding, and obviously he doesn't know the severity of the bloody nose, is with the player's permission. I want to make sure I say that. Clearly it was with the player's permission he decides that it's going to be a good idea to kick the kid in the foot extremely hard to stop the nosebleed. He's not kicking him in the foot just because he's angry. He's kicking him in the foot thinking that's going to stop his nosebleed. Um, unfortunately, the player later returned did, to did the it game. Did it work? Well, that, that's yet to be determined. I think his nose did stop bleeding because you can't play with a bloody nose in a game. So who right? are we to say that this did not work? And maybe we're on to something here. You know, like EMT, any EMT friends listening, you know, let us know if there's any truth to this whatsoever. Whatsoever. We're going to try it. You know, one of us is going to get a bloody nose. I, I think you should do that. I'll do the kicking. I've got a good swift kick. I'm not. No, I'm not good with that stuff. No, okay. I'm not good with. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not good with blood. Maybe we do this with someone else. All right. We'll take a test dummy. Maybe yeah. Greg Belden will volunteer. Maybe Zach Coleman will do the kicking. I feel like. But anyways, more, more of the story. The player end up returning to the game. 
unfortunately the player and it's like I said we're making light of a tough situation but the player later later was diagnosed with a concussion and there were some people who initially said that was a broken orbital bone what is now being reported is that he had a deviated septum that will require surgery so mm. most of the time you hear deviated so he's septums yeah he he's snoring a lot he's probably had some uh, well he's probably not been sleeping so well with the concussion as well too but yeah, who knows? who knows? So more of not necessarily a beef, but more of a hey man, do better. And also, I wanted to piggyback this one with we were talking about the New Albany game. You've got a kid, Julian Hunter, who's probably by far their best player, ends up breaking his leg in the game. You don't know that it's a broken leg, and they're stretching him out for cramps. Hey man, it's probably not. You know, this one hits close to home for me, especially being that I attended New Albany. And I'm not judging anybody for it, but if a kid broke his leg, let's not check for cramps. Let's let's try to figure out some of that stuff a little bit better. So to those two programs, hey, man, do better. Do better. Do better. <laughs> do better. But, guys, that brings us to the end. Uh, we got the All-Star game tonight. Uh, any, any, who do you think has got an MVP tonight? Well, you also have the UFC fights tonight, which I will be watching the All-Star game, but UFC fights and Miami, I, I've got Team Giannis tonight. Who are you taking MVP? MVP, I mean, why not take the captain and go ahead and take Giannis? Because that's such a cop-out. Well, you didn't ask me if I was going to take a cop. Are you going to take LeBron? No. Okay, well, then I'll take Westbrook. All right, I'm taking Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is the MVP. Oh, okay. He's not the captain. It's not a cop out. Yeah, just because he I thought you were going to go Harden. His name. No, Harden's not going to be the guy tonight. He's already said he doesn't want to play hero ball. I think it could be Wade or Westbrook. I'm sticking with my final answer of Westbrook. Go out on a limb and pick Wade. Don't be such no, a go, If I'm going out on a real limb, I'm taking Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> that limb doesn't have much to hold. But, guys, I think Team LeBron takes the win. BJ says he thinks Team Giannis takes the win. And I'm taking the six and a half points. By the way, you gotta give me those. Win and the six and a half. You can't. Ta- you can't have your cake and eat it too. You think? Because right. we didn't even have a spread before we started looking at this stuff today. And I'm taking the over on 150. They will score more than 150 total points in the game. Not the lock of the week, but mark it down. There you go. So, guys, hopefully you like this episode. I think we got a lot of good stuff and a lot of stuff we're doing here. Uh, we will announce the winners of our Final Four and the championship on Wednesday. Yep. Once again, make sure you vote for that because you only have one day on each vote. Yeah, vote and share for us. Vote and share. Please. Uh, we will We will get these things out to you. We'll keep sharing them, so hopefully you guys will do it as well. Retweet if you're on Twitter. I know BJ is, a huge, is an avid Twitter uh, person. Big time. So Tweet, tweet. Yeah. Up. Yeah, tweet, tweet. So, guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Try to stay warm. Uh, because it is getting cold again. I'm seeing some stuff, maybe about some freezing rain or something, which I'm not a fan of. No, I'd be glad when it's winter time or when it's summertime again. But we uh, this ends up episode 73. Uh, I, like I said, hopefully you'll you'll enjoy some of the stuff we talked about here. Beef's beef. Can you dig it? Yeah, there, <laughs> there, there it is. <laughs> Later, guys. Peace.